What would you do if you didn't have to pay your mortgage this month? A lot of people are going through hard times during this pandemic, but what if you eliminated your biggest expense? How would that help you? Today, I'm going over house hacking and how you can use it to live for free. Coming up. Welcome to the Think Big Real Estate Podcast, the show where I share what I'm learning about real estate sales and real estate investing to help you grow your real estate business. Today, I'm going over house hacking. Now, house hacking is when you rent out a portion of your property and then you collect the rent from the other tenants that you're collecting from. And you use that to pay your main mortgage bill. Now, there's a lot of different ways that you can use house hacking. Uh, for example, like if you have a guest house, like if you live in, in like a big mansion and you have a guest house. Or even if like you're in a, a regular single family property and like you have like a, a barn back there that you can convert into a like a, a one bedroom unit or some single family properties, they just have an extra small property that comes with, with them, you know, when you have a lot of land and you could rent that space out and collect that rent from that extra unit and use it to pay your mortgage bill. That's one example. Another example that's a lot more common is buying a multifamily uh, building. So how this works, uh, usually you live in a, a, a two to four unit property for this multifamily uh, house hacking strategy. So how this works, you live in one unit, you rent out the other ones that you aren't using, that you aren't living in and occupying, that you really don't need. You rent it out, you select tenants, select good tenants, make sure you do your screening very well. Bad tenants will ruin your life. So take your time during the screening process. And basically, you just collect the rent from the other tenants, from the other units that you're not occupying to pay your main mortgage bill. And sometimes the rent from the other tenants will cover all of your mortgage bill. It'll at least help in some way in paying some of it down. But ideally, you have rent coming in that covers all of your mortgage bill and you're living for free. I mean, come on, that's amazing. Now there's some, some other people, they do a, a short-term uh, rental strategy with house hack. Uh, one example is you take a single family property and you rent out by the room. You rent out the rooms that you're not using, but you do it as an Airbnb. So you have one guest, just guests constantly coming in and out. And oftentimes it results in, in higher profits, Airbnb. Now it does come with more management. Because, you know, people who do Airbnb, the guests are most likely on vacation. You know, they're stopping in uh, 
like New York or LA or the Bahamas or wherever, someplace nice, just to vacation. It's a very temporary thing, so you're going to have to constantly find tenants after tenant after tenant, and you have to constantly be looking. And on top of that, once the tenant moves out, and, you know, once you've done your screening to allow them to move in temporarily, once the tenant moves out, you have to inspect the property. I mean, you have to make sure that they left the property the way that they found it. And they're not leaving you in the dump with, with something that's broken and you have to come out of pocket for it. I mean, that's not fair. And one thing about multifamily that a lot of people forget, and multifamily is so common for the house hacking strategy, is that ideally you want to have separate meters for each unit. Now, some multifamily uh, properties, they all have one unit one uh, meter so that means everyone in on the property on the building they all have to share the same electricity bill the same water bill the same utilities bill and it's split evenly evenly amongst every tenant now that's not really fair not fair to you when you're living there not fair to your other tenants because what if, you know, if one guy is using so much more water, so much electricity, whereas your other tenants are, are, are barely using anything, including yourself, well, then that tenant that's using, overusing all the utilities, his cost gets dropped on all the other, ten, other tenants in, on the building, living in the building. That's why it's a good idea to have separate meters so that everyone is responsible for paying based on the amount of electricity, the amount of water, the amount of utilities that only that person living in that unit uses. And that's just something, something to think about that a lot of people miss out when they're buying multifamily, whether that be using a house hacking strategy and, you know, living almost for free, if not for free, and, and just buying multifamily in general. Just pay attention to meters. And another thing about multifamily, if you do decide that you want to do multifamily uh, to do this house hacking strategy. You have to know that there's a lot of competition. Right? Owners of multifamily properties. They're investors. They, they know their numbers. They, they know the gross rent multiplier, they, they know the income approach, they know everything, all right? Whereas in single family, 
you're dealing with regular people. So it's a lot easier to get a good deal. And not to mention, just in multifamily, you not only have multifamily investors who, who live and breathe multifamily and all they do is multifamily. Multifamily is their life. You're not only competing against them, but you're also competing against the single family investors who want to sort of graduate and you know build a larger portfolio and and scale and they want to graduate into multifamily properties you have two different types of investors dealing with one type of property now I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound exciting to me. I mean, especially if you're in an area where there's not a lot of multifamily to begin with. You're, you're going to have a really tough time, a lot of competition. If you're in an area that just doesn't have a lot of multifamily. Now... There's also some downsides with the single family uh, house hacking strategy where you rent by the room. Now, the danger with this is that you're more likely to get attached to your tenant. Now, I'm not saying like you'll be best buds and every that, but like just seeing them every day in the house like and seeing them watching tv seeing them eating and being around them all the time like you will be in a single family house heck where where you guys live you're your roommates basically and it becomes a lot harder to enforce the rules it's a lot harder to stomp your foot on the ground and say I need my rent this month when when you see him all the time you see him cooking and you see you see his personal life his or her personal life that's the downside of single family house hacking now I think it would be better to house hack in a multi-family property and the reason being is because you never want to form a an emotional attachment with your tenants you never want to make money emotional ever that's about the best advice you can get never make money emotional you don't want to mix, mix business with emotions and that's a lot more likely to happen when you're you're essentially roommates when you're rent renting out by the room in a single family property so even though multifamily has more competition and it's tougher to get a good deal in my opinion that if i were to house hack i would rather do it in a multi-family or 
Or what you could do is you could buy a single family that has a guest house with it. Just either way, you want to have separate living quarters. You want to have privacy so you can maintain that authority figure that you have as a landlord and you're able to be a lot more strict, a lot a lot more uh, stringent, if that's the word. And, and just be a boss. This is your property. You have to, sometimes you have to stamp, stomp your foot on the ground. Sometimes you can't be nice all the time. This is business. This is your property. You put hundreds of thousands of dollars in this. And you got to stand for it. And, you know, if, if someone comes in and they're taking advantage of it, you know, they're not cleaning up after themselves. They're not treating the property right. You, you have to tell them. This is your property. This is your business you're trying to build. This is your portfolio, your real estate portfolio. This is your future. And it's a lot harder to do that when you rent by the room house hack with a single family property. It's a lot harder to put your foot on the ground when you know the guy's personal life. Then you get attached to them. That's that's a huge danger with single family. That's why I like single family. But when it comes to house hacking, I don't like single family because of that reason. Emotional attachment. Now, a one person, he actually did this. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying that I don't like about single family. He took a single family property and he rented by the room. But he did it as an Airbnb rental. Now, surprisingly, it went well for him. He wasn't, he didn't form, well, he got the note to know the people more and form an emotional attachment. But, actually, Maybe if you do Airbnb with a single family property, but since you're not seeing them, seeing the, the tenants for so long versus like a, a one year lease where you're stuck with one tenant and your roommates for with one tenant for one year versus in an Airbnb, you see them for like, like max a month. Even though you are seeing their personal life and you're getting to know them as a person, you get to know them as a person for a lot less time than you would like a, a more permanent tenant, like a one-year lease tenant. And so in that case, in his case, uh, Craig Kerlop, how he did the Airbnb, I think that's why he was able to succeed with this house hacking strategy using single family. He was able to, to still remain... A, an authority figure and sort of like the boss of the property like the landlord and protect his his asset even though he knew he knew the people really well and he saw their personal life 
but he was able to maintain his authority because he only knew them for so long. I think I think that's key. If you're going to do single family, do it Airbnb. Usually I don't like Airbnb just because they added maintenance, but in terms of house hacking for single family, I think that's that's an exception. Now, of course, the the house hack uh, to Airbnb out a single family property. Usually, you have to be in a good area for Airbnb. I mean, you can't be in the middle of nowhere and expect someone to want a vacation there. I mean, usually, if you're in a big city like uh, New York, Houston, Los Angeles, uh, you know, uh, big cities, big tourist cities like that, that everyone wants to go, it's usually a good place to use this um, house hack Airbnb strategy. Another thing with Airbnb is sometimes it's just not legal. I'm not sure why, but the city, you have to definitely check with your city and see if they even allow it. Because some cities, for some reason, they don't allow it. They don't like it. They they ban it from their city. I don't know why, but... Yeah, I don't know why. It's just strange. Now, how this strategy is used, the house hacking strategy, is use and what's called an FHA loan. FHA loan, you get as low as three and a half percent down on a property. So you you don't <laughs> I mean you're putting hundreds hundreds down instead of thousands. Well, you're putting thousands, but yeah, I mean it's nothing. Three and a half percent. Come on now. But with this three and a half percent down, since you're not putting the ideal twenty percent down, like that's sort of like the standard or the norm within real estate is to put twenty percent down. Now since you're putting significantly less than that, the bank is gonna have to cover that gap that you're not putting that twenty percent down. The bank is gonna have to put another 16.5% down in its money to cover what you should have put down and 20% down. For that reason, you're going to be charged a fee called private mortgage insurance. This is just so the bank uh, can protect itself and, and get a little little more cash out of you because you're putting three and a half percent down i mean you really don't have any ownership in the property so you can just leave and i mean it's the bank's money that's at risk you you're putting nothing down in the whole scope of the deal so they're going to charge you that uh, private mortgage insurance fee but what a lot of investors do is that they live in the property for one year because the FHA loan, if you get an FHA loan, you have to live in the property for one year. You must, there's, there's no exceptions. It's illegal to not live in the property for one year. But then after that one year, investors will go and refinance 
and then they'll they'll get rid of that private mortgage insurance and they'll get a new loan out of it so you, you see the genius here you're taking advantage of a low money down loan fha loan three and a half percent down making it it's three and a half percent down i mean most people pretty much everyone can come up with three and a half percent as a down payment and then yeah you're gonna have this private mortgage insurance fee but in one year you can get rid of it you you bought a property for nothing and you're getting a good loan after one year now a lot of people use this house hacking strategy with the FHA loan and they just constantly move. Like they'll, they'll live in the property for one year, then they refinance, they rent it out, get a better loan, and then they go find another property. Then they live in that property for one year. They go refinance, get a better loan, and then they go find another property. And they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And they have these low money down loans. Now, of course, with these low money down loans, since you you need to find a really good below market deal. You, you want a lot of equity. You want a lot of cushion in the deal because your equity from the start is 3.5%. That's not a lot. You want to have some cushion just, just in case. If we go through a market crash, I know, just in case, like that, always the fear, just in case. But you want to have a good cushion. You want to buy properties severely below market value with this FHA loan and with this house hacking strategy to, to build yourself ownership, to build equity in the property so you're, you're protected if prices fall. That's the thing. It, it's all on the buy. The buy is dependent on these uh, low money down deals. Low money down deals. You don't want to over leverage yourself and have too much of the bank's money in the deal and not enough of yours. Then when the market crashes and you have $5,000 worth of equity, prices fall, $5,000, you're screwed. It's so I can't stress enough. You need to buy very like like how Meet Kevin says on YouTube. You need to buy in the wedge. You need to buy severely discounted properties. That's how you secure yourself in case prices drop, and that's how you build a great real estate portfolio. You have to buy wedge deals. Just like Meet Kevin says, and get a, a strong equity position in in your properties. Ideally, a good rule to follow is to have thirty five percent equity in all of your properties. That means thirty five percent. You you need to own thirty five percent worth of your entire portfolio. Whatever the dollar amount of your entire real estate portfolio is, for portfolio is, you need to have 35% of that total cost paid off already. Now, of course, in the beginning, when you're getting the first 
second, third property, you might not have 35% ownership. But over time, it's a good number to strive for. Just in case prices fall, you know that you have a strong equity position, a strong ownership, and you're able to protect yourself if prices fall. You're not going to lose your property so like, like so many people did. Like in the 08 crash, like for example, like my grandpa, he did, um, he invested in real estate a lot too. Uh, he did what's called a, a live-in flip strategy. He would live in the property, I think it was like for a year. I think he might have used the FHA loan too. Now that I think about it, he would live in the property for, I think it was about a year. He might have used the FHA loan. And he, he would just fix it up himself. He, he was the handyman. He was everything. And then he'd flip it. He'd sell it. And then he'd move on to the next one. And then, and then he'd just constantly be moving. He used this house hacking strategy just in flip form. Now, another person that used it is Graham Stephan. You know who Graham Stephan is, right? Of course you do. Graham Stephan, huge. He's, he's one of the faces of real estate investing. One of the faces of the real estate investing community. He uses this strategy. He uses the house hacking strategy. At least he did. Now now he moved to Las Vegas, I believe it is. But before, for many, many years, many, many years, he bought a duplex. He'd live in one unit, and he just rented out the other unit. And he just used that income from the tenant to pay off his mortgage. I mean, it's genius. And the important thing to note is that you can do this too, just like Graham Stephan did. You can house hack too. Again, think about multifamily deals. Now, I do have, make sure to like and subscribe. I do have a download in the description if you're looking for low money down loans I've written out what each offer what each loan offers and all that it's completely free it's in the download in the description also I have a store if you're curious and you want to start your own video podcast like in this pandemic everyone's working from home everyone's online you don't think that in between calls they're on their phones, on YouTube, and listening to a podcast. Of course they are. They're so the growth on the internet has grown substantially because of this pandemic. And there's a huge opportunity for you. Because now more than ever, everyone's online. Everyone's forced to be online. And you can get in front of them. By starting your own podcast, starting your own video podcast, or starting your own YouTube channel. On top of that, 
it's free. You, you can literally start a YouTube channel, buy a $15 lapel mic like I did, which is in the store. Use your phone to film, sit by a window, and you got yourself a YouTube channel. You don't need a lot to start. So link is in the description to the store if you're interested in what I use and even some books. Now, make sure to like and share this episode with anyone you think it might help in growing their real estate business. That'd be much appreciated. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.